Hello, you're listening to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. I'm Colin Wood, Managing Editor of State Scoop. In this episode, I interview Teresa Cezurek, the Chief Information Officer of Colorado. This is technically our customer relationship management episode, but we covered a bit more ground than that, brushing against topics like legacy modernization, the state's digital services agency, and the state technology office's forays into new technologies like blockchain and digital driver's licenses. But that's all just as well, because in addition to pertaining directly to our publication's current editorial focus, which is user experience, Colorado is one of the leading states when it comes to innovative practices and searching for applications for those kinds of new technologies. So with that, here's the interview. All right, I'm here with Teresa Cesarek, the Chief Information Officer for the State of Colorado in the Governor's Office of Information Technology. And today we're talking about customer relationship management. Uh, Last time we spoke, Teresa, you talked about your three WIGs, or wildly important goals, all targeted uh, at improving customer delight. Those three goals were cybersecurity, uh, digital access, and the third had to do with efficiency, transparency, and customer satisfaction. Can you Using that as a backdrop, can you kind of start off and talk a little bit about how you approach the idea of customer delight? Hi, it's great to be with you. We call it here in Colorado the wildly important passionate purpose, which is sort of an umbrella term to describe what we're working towards. So when we talk about customer delight, we define it as meeting and exceeding the customer's expectations. And in that gap, when we go beyond what they expect, you know, they are delighted. And through that, they get what they need and we're doing our job. Right. So I saw on the website, the uh, Colorado OIT website, that you provision IT for more than 28,000 state employees across 1,300 locations. So There might be, you know, there are probably bigger organizations out there, but that sounds like quite a task to keep all those people happy. So how do you, how do you go about doing that, making sure that everyone is satisfied and feels like their needs are being at least listened to? Well, you are absolutely right. It is a huge job to keep all of our employees um, throughout the state in 1,300 locations um, happy, and so. We um, first, we have a consolidated model here in the state of Colorado, and we are serving 17 consolidated agencies. I think it's really important to understand who the customers are so that you can then figure out what their needs are. And so I like to talk about the P sort of of marketing, P being the people or our customers. So you know, 17 consolidated agencies. These range from Department of Revenue, Human Services, Corrections, you know, the whole gamut. Um, but we also then are providing services like cybersecurity standards to even a much broader audience beyond just those 17 agencies, you know, to other members of the state of Colorado um, government and even to our residents. And we're getting into, especially with the third wildly important goal of virtual access anywhere, anytime, to how to make government services available to those residents. 
So first um, is to know who the customer is and then figuring out what they need. And, you know, that need um, varies over time. And so um, I think, you know, communication is so key here when we think about enhancing the lives of all Coloradans, which is, happens to be our mission, and to understand um, what those needs are. So one of the things we do is really try to improve communications and have a concerted program, sort of a customer care team. Um, it starts with a customer office. So we have a chief customer officer that was created in 2013 um, that really focuses on improving those relationships with the customer agencies. And in this consolidated model, it's really important that each agency who's individual um, knows that we are specially looking after them. And so we have an IT director for each agency whose job is to be the point of contact, really understand the agency's needs, be the conduit to their IT services. And this um, is, is so important in terms of, you know, making sure that we then can improve and keep them happy. Right. Yeah, this is a model I've seen in quite a few states. Now, do those people belong to OIT or they do they belong to the other agencies? Well, the IT directors are OIT employees, yet they are jointly hired by um, OIT as well as the executive director in the agency. So really in a collaborative manner, um, the, we, we work with the executive director to establish what are the specific selection criteria that could help with, um, with that agency and then establish, you know, goals. For example, um, the IT director, according to our Governor Polis's direction, really should be serving on the executive staff of the agency and therefore understand all of the needs. But these um, IT directors work to establish a five-year IT roadmap that really looks at where the agency is now with regards to its technology and forecast the needs going forward, helps prioritize. This is one of the things, there's always more to be done than we have the resources to do. Um, and they also work to see if there's commonalities across agencies so that we could better determine an enterprise solution that might best serve um, many agencies rather than having, you know, one-offs. So yeah, the IT director is, is really important, but the IT directors don't work alone. They really are the interface or contact, but there is a whole team of people here in the Office of Information Technology who support the agency. One piece has to do with project intake and understanding the needs of those customers. We have business analysts who actually are specialized in this and will work to pull out what the needs of those customers are, translating those into a solution. So we have solution engineers for those um, agencies. And then, you know, there's, depending on what's needed, and that's the big question, you know, is it a solution that we may be able to build 
on top of a standard platform, or mm -hmm. is it something that we are going to go out and do a solicitation for a customized um, solution for, for that specific agency, or, or even get maybe something off the shelf? Um, so there's a wide, wide range of alternatives. And our applications group, which is within our technology office, works very closely with the customer office to make sure that those agencies' needs are met. Hmm. Right. Now, one thing I've noticed is that the IT agency often has this expertise and it may have a certain idea of how to do things. But on the other hand, you often hear that the, the CIO will say, well, our job is to support the business. So how do you handle it when those two things conflict, where maybe you have different ideas of how to approach something? Very carefully. <laughs> um, this is actually one of the things that's so key in terms of customer delight. We need to balance using like standardized enterprise-wide solutions that might be able to meet you know, a wider range of customers across the state with certain customized needs of that agency. And when we can, we try to um, build on certain standardized platforms. There are times when the agency has really specialized needs and they um, want something very specific. And so we have to realize that if it's an agency-led project or initiative, they really are the product owner. We're working to go towards more of an agile methodology, but we we have the agency increasingly be accountable for the solution because they know better than anyone what their needs are and what their customers' needs are. And so we are in charge of best practices, IT standards and requirements, cybersecurity requirements, even vendor best practices. And we work collaboratively to bring those requirements in harmony with the agency's needs and, and, and work to match the two. Right. All right. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the citizen-facing side of things. So can you first give a brief overview of kind of the main projects that you led in 2019 with regard to digital government? Sure. So Governor Polis you know, really wants to make it easier for Coloradans to engage with the state by offering more online services that are user-friendly and accessible to all. You know, we call this anywhere, anytime, so that we realize that, you know, Coloradans, like people across the United States, have moved to mobile. The world has gone mobile. 80% of these residents have a mobile device and so we need to serve them how they want to be served. You know, they're doing business with other private organizations on their mobile devices. And so they expect to do that with us, too. And so we want to have them enjoy the same kind of experience as they would with interacting with, you know, any business in the, in the private sector. And so we, for example, have introduced the My Colorado mobile app which is the official mobile app of the state of Colorado. And it was introduced first in a beta earlier in 2019 in January, but then really had a big launch in October with Governor Polis 
And one of the really neat things we've introduced is Colorado Digital ID. And this is part, it runs on the My Colorado platform, but it allows people to have this uh, digital identification on their mobile device. And this is the means by which then um, eventually they can let go of having to have a, a polycarbonate um, physical ID. They can renew their driver's license. They can register to vote when they renew their driver's license. They can actually store um, certain information like their digital ID in a special place where they're also going to be able to store insurance information and other kinds of like vehicle registration. It has a specialized search capability built in. And this is will be evolving over time to expand to where um, now all agencies and merchants in Colorado can use it and accept eventually it will also be used by our public safety and, and law enforcement. And when the Department of Homeland Security and TSA come out with their national standards, um, we are following this and we will um, expand our capabilities to make sure that it is um, useful um, and, and actually translates into being a mobile driver's license, which people called MDL. And so there is a, um, a standards group that's, that's working on this. But we have found a, a fabulous acceptance to that. We have 34,000 downloads um, of this app and, and people using it. Even within our agency, we had our notary using it with one of the employees to actually prove, you know, who their identification. And so it really fits into this easy to use um, anywhere, anytime mentality. Um, so yeah, go digital, go mobile, my Colorado um, mobile app. Right. Yeah. Sounds delightful. <laughs> yes, um, it is. So <laughs> So getting back to that, that idea of customer delight, do you have any examples of where you've gotten good feedback or you've been able to fix some process or customer experience where it's gone from being, you know, perhaps less than ideal to, to good? Well, actually, we do also, we're working to enhance our legacy applications. And one of the things in line with that is the Colorado Benefits Management System, which is a very large system that helps the most vulnerable Coloradans get access to benefits. That system has a mobile component called PEAK, and where 1.4 million Coloradans can access you know, their benefits that way. And so that is one example of a legacy application so important to so many people in the state that we have transformed. We, um, in phase one of this, moved it to the cloud. We were one of the first states to move an application of this magnitude to the cloud, like 243 servers. And then the second piece of the transformation has been the user interface. And then especially with Peak, um, which allows them to have mo to mobile access. And so that's just one of many um, applications that we've targeted, and we have this mobile 
strategies so that we want our applications to be accessible. We want them to be, if we can, mobile. We want them to be easy to use. And so we're slowly going through the um, all of these critical and essential applications are the ones we're starting with. And then from there, going to the other, let's say, 900 applications we have in the state. Um, so it's a lot of work, but really fulfilling when you hear back from the users, oh, they found that, you know, it, it gave them what they needed at their fingertips and it um, was easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. 900 applications is a lot. I don't think I have that many on my phone. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting. We, a few years ago, had even more than that. And we looked at how to consolidate and retire. And I think over the last three or four years, there may have been 300 applications retired to where now we have like 1,100 and um, and we're constantly working to to consolidate and to, because then it's easier to support these. You know, that's one of the things when you have so many different applications. And we're also working with a joint agency interoperability program to see if there's ways that our county users, we have 64 counties, who use many of our systems, and they might be able to have get access to multiple systems at the same time so that they don't have to power up and, and go from system to system, but that they get on their screen a consolidated view. And so this is one of the things that's actually going from the state to the counties, then to their customers, which are the residents of Coloradans, residents of Colorado, to make it easy for them to, you know, get the benefits they deserve. Right. What can people look forward to in 2020 from in terms of uh, citizen experience in Colorado? Well, we're continuing to work very closely with our customers. We actually established a user group that meets monthly so that we can have ongoing communication. We at the executive director level, we have an IT steering committee so that we can understand their needs and best serve our customers so that you know we can work to delight them. What we're hearing is there's things that our, our customers um, want and more of this modernization, advancing of applications, moving to modern um, platforms from legacy. We are also working to incubate new emerging technologies that might be able to really give us some efficiencies. For example, um, we're standing up um, some chat bots that will allow more of our call centers to have self-service through these chatbots so that they can solve problems before even being connected to a live agent. We're going to be expanding the number of users using the My Colorado mobile app, and we're especially outreaching to merchants, have an expanded business program that we're doing that will help them more easily um, know how to use the My Colorado mobile app. We have a a window cling they can put in their uh, facility to show people that it's you know usable there, and um, so we'll be expanding the Colorado digital ID capabilities in line with the um, executive order Governor Polis signed on October 30th, and we're doing a um, 
a lot of activity in blockchain. Governor Polis has set a vision for Colorado to be a leader in blockchain technology. We're looking to attract more of these technology companies to Colorado, more of these technologists. And so we will be running a blockchain bounty-thon where we can identify more use cases for blockchain that would help the state be more efficient. And we have also stood up the Colorado Digital Service, which is a group modeled after the U.S. Digital Service and a few states that have this. And we're using this group as a SWAT team to help us do discovery sprints and help us when we have special challenges to help things turn around. And so we'll be expanding the ways the Colorado Digital Service is being used. In, in one sense, when you think of our, our mission, enhancing the lives of all Coloradans, that means, on one sense, we are keeping all the systems operating. That's the infrastructure, the network, the voice and data um, centers. We are advancing these applications, getting all the information flowing. We're transforming the technology with some of the digital transformation ideas I, I just shared securely. Cybersecurity is a top priority. We are enhancing our cybersecurity plan um, and continuing to protect you know, the, the data and the systems um, of this, on behalf of our residents. Right. That's great. Lots to look forward to in 2020. Um, thank you so much, Teresa, for being on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you to, for having me with you, State Scoop. All right, that does it for this episode. For more state and local government IT news, head to statescoop.com.